Hi there, everyone. This is Brayden and Tally with the voice of my beloved podcast. We have been missing a couple weeks here. I think that's allowed when you have six children, so we're okay with that. <laughs> we are sorry, though, that we've, we haven't made it down here, but we have had a lot going on. We had an exciting uh, Hanukkah worship week since we were last with you, and we've started Hebrew classes. And that's been lots of fun. Do you want yeah, to share some two, about? <laughs> yeah, two years since I taught Hebrew, so it's been really fun to teach again. Yeah, and uh, got a little bit rusty, but it's coming back good. My good friend uh, <laughs> Joseph Williams here is helping me, yeah. and his sister Naomi. So uh, it's going good. Yeah, we're uh, we're having a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've uh, sent my three oldest children off to school for the first time <laughs> this month. They they've been uh, participating in Hebrew classes. From what I hear, they've been doing okay. They've been doing pretty good. Other than drawing some dogs, maybe when they're not supposed to <laughs> on the side. <laughs> they're doing good. The whole concept of school is very, Stefani's like, we just sit there for hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's unheard of. I was like, yep, that's, that's school. It's <laughs> <laughs> usually a lot more opportunity to get distracted when there's homeschool. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's going good. We're excited about the the group that we have out here. Very sweet group. We've been learning Isaiah 62 in Hebrew. You can actually find that online if you want to learn it. Isaiah 62, Hayavel. If you type that into YouTube, you'll find that. And you can learn it too. It's yeah, English song. and Hebrew. English and The whole Hebrew. chapter, Isaiah 62. Yeah, it's a great song. It's a good song to have memorized. Um, so here we are at this point in history. We're in 2021. We've uh, we've gone over into that. We've we've gone over that uh, whatever bridged as well since the last time we were with you. So here we are, 2021. Very exciting. It's good. God's on the move. The spirit is moving. It's very exciting. Don't be scared. Hakol letova. Hakol letova. Everything's for the good. I tell you, yeah. <laughs> if um. If there was a time we had to have vision for bridal preparation, it's now. It's coming. That's right. Coming. It's going to be good. So, yeah, we, it's something that we, you know, we really should be excited about. That's right. It's a good time. The fire. The fire is not always exciting, but it's always nice to be, come out nice and pure gold on the other side. So that part is really nice. So that's what we got to keep our eyes on. Keep our eyes on the, the goal, on the prize and Yeshua. It's, it's good. It's a good journey. Um, so we are in Song of Solomon, and uh, it's an interesting portion here because it's a pretty much a word-for-word repeat of earlier in the song where the bridegroom is praising the bride. And so uh, we're still going to go through it verse by verse here. Just a few verses. A few verses uh, here, yeah, word for word. Just a few verses, yeah. Um, So, yeah, so it's it's another just beautiful, poetic, um, slightly strange to our culture uh, adoration of the bride. And so uh, we're going to kind of uh, pick it apart. And then, like Brain said, there's there's some other verses there that we're going to go through as well. So, yeah. Here we are, chapter 6, verse 4 
Oh, my love, you are as beautiful as Tirza, lovely as Jerusalem, awesome as an army with banners. So looking here at this first line, oh, my love, you are as beautiful as Tirza. Tirza in Hebrew means beautiful or delightful. And actually, a lot of my family over in Israel is just, I'd say maybe 10 miles away from the ancient city of Tirza, uh, right there on the Mount of Blessing, where they're located, about 10 miles away, mm-hmm. as my guess, from Tirza. Uh, if you're up, actually, if you've ever been over to Israel with my family, uh, you've been up on a lone moray and you can actually see the ancient city of Tirza from a lone moray. Mm-hmm. This is the mountain where God brought Abraham and said, this is the land I'm going to give you. You know, look around. This is the land I'm going to give you. Mm-hmm. So Tirza was right there. It was the capital city of the Northern kingdom of when Jeroboam split off from the Davidic kingdom. This was the capital city. Not Bethel. Uh, Bethel was, was uh, later on. Uh, okay. was was one of the capital well the capital worship uh, area okay you know that's where they had the their worship but as far as the capital kind of the government city uh, jeroboam at least one of the first guys that split off that's where he had his capital city was in okay. Tirza. so uh the bridegroom here is saying you're as beautiful as Tirza. Tirza back in the day evidently was a beautiful city when you look at it from the mountain i've seen it, it looks like the rest of the arab cities down the valley <laughs> uh didn't notice anything particularly beautiful about it but uh back in the day Obviously, it was a, a beautiful city. So he said, oh, you're, so, you're as beautiful as Tirza. And uh, as I mentioned already, Tirza actually means uh, beautiful or delightful. Mm-hmm. So he said, you're delightful. Am I right that Tirza, that Jerusalem is referred to Tirza? I think there may be a few references, actually. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure on that. Yeah, I, I think I feel like I've heard that before, that Jerusalem has been. There is a place, Tirza, but that Jerusalem has also been you know, called beautiful, maybe. Mm-hmm. In, with using that word, Tirza. So, right. Yeah. Then uh, lovely is Jerusalem. So Jerusalem, spiritual capital of the world. Uh, he's admiring her her beauty of spirit. You know, mm-hmm. You're as lovely as Jerusalem. And anyone that's been to Jerusalem, even though it's not the the finished product of what God you know, is going to have, but there's something very special about Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And he looks at the bride and says, oh, you're as beautiful. You're as lovely as Jerusalem. And then we look on in Revelation and we have, the whole, there's this whole uh, new Jerusalem, new Jerusalem coming down. It's talking, it's talking about the bride, right? Uh, so there can be this a little bit of, uh, it's an interesting parallel. You know, is it the people? Is it the new Jerusalem? Is it both? You know, mm-hmm. there's this, there's, uh, you read Revelation and it's talking about the bride. It's the, the new Jerusalem. And I, I think of the verse that says that we were, are living stones being mm-hmm. built together as a dwelling place for God. And so somehow in the mystery of it all, the new Jerusalem, that city of God is made up of us in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. the bride and we're this dwelling place for God. So it's a really interesting, but here the bridegroom says, Oh, you're as lovely as Jerusalem mm-hmm. and uh, Yerushalayim, the, the Hebrew way of saying Jerusalem, uh, the Hebrew meaning there is that God will establish peace. Mm-hmm. Yeru could be like to lay a foundation to establish Yeru Shalom. Shalom, like that shalem, that uh-huh. word there, shalom is, is peace. So he will lay a foundation of peace. And then uh, anytime a Hebrew word ends with aim, then it means double. It's, it's a double something. So uh, for example, your hands are your yadaim. One hand yad, two hands yadaim. Mm-hmm. Uh, one foot regal, two feet raglaim. So you have Yerushalayim. It's speaking of two Jerusalems, really. Mm-hmm. You know that there's, there's the heavenly Jerusalem and the earthly Jerusalem. One day, they're, they're going to join. They're going to be 
brought together. The new Jerusalem is going to come down on the earthly Jerusalem. It's going to be amazing. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, this is all connected with the bride, yeah. with the bride being made ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, well, just while we're on the Jerusalem subject, you know, as I was saying earlier, like we're in a, a very interesting time in history. And, uh, for me as an American, uh, it's been quite a, a, a tumultuous time here in, uh, in America. And I just wanted to uh, talk about the loveliness of Jerusalem. And I think that, you know, one good thing that's coming out of that, I, for me, it's, it's hard to see America kind of lose the foundation that like the, f- the founding forefathers, those who, that stood with faith, like they, they built this country on it. It's sad for me to see that crumble here, uh, just to see so much corruption and, um, you know, yuck stuff. <laughs> um, but in, in, in another way, um, I think that America has been lovely to a lot of people. A lot of people have dreamed of the loveliness of America. And I just want to point out the loveliness of Jerusalem. And I think that that's something that is very important for us to, to understand, uh, as the loveliness of America kind of maybe fades and, and goes away is that um, Jerusalem is is lovely. It's like the lovely city. And so it gives a place for Jerusalem to be exalted. Um, and Jerusalem is lovely. It is even in its state right now, even in its, uh, you know, desecrated states uh, over the years, you know, there's always been a draw to Jerusalem. And so uh, it's just something that it's, you know, it's an exciting thing to see the loveliness of Jerusalem, uh, you know, come. Uh, I, I think that's something good that we can hold on to here in this in this season. So, right. Yeah. It will help us to realize that, yeah, to face Jerusalem, to even face, as right. yeah, Daniel in uh, in captivity there, he's taken captive into Babylon and he's still facing Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. He's he's looking to Jerusalem in hope of that future kingdom that's coming. And so, yeah, yeah for sure. Yep. And these these two cities, Tirzah and Jerusalem, they're cities on a hill, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe there's a there's a message here when the bridegroom says, "You're lovely as Jerusalem. You're as beautiful as Tirzah. Mm-hmm. You're you're like this city that's on a hill." You know, Yeshua talks about that in the Sermon on the Mount. You're as a city on a hill, mm-hmm. shining forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of yeah. these cities uh, have that element of being kind of up on a hill. Uh, just another little point about Jerusalem. It's it's on a hill, but surrounded by other hills that are taller than it. And so when the Psalm says in Psalm 125, as the mountains surrounds Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. And so there's this idea, there's this truth that God is, you know, he's surrounding us. He's surrounding his people like the mountains surround Jerusalem. All the mountains that are around Jerusalem Mm -hmm. are taller. It's Mm -hmm. like, there's this picture of just his protection. Mm And so, uh, yeah, let's be that city on a hill. Jerusalem is the place where God is going to come, as I already mentioned. God's mm-hmm. going to come and dwell and be one with his people. That's the whole message of the mm-hmm. Song of Solomon, mm-hmm. of God's people, the bride, being ready for oneness with her bridegroom. And so uh, he says, "Lovely, you're as lovely as Jerusalem. You're as lovely as this city where God and man are going to become one. God is going to come, Emmanuel, dwell mm-hmm. with his people. And uh, this is the whole picture of the the wife and the husband mm-hmm. uh, that God wants to show forth to the world. Uh, a married couple is meant to shine forth this truth that one day God is going to come dwell with his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that love and that intimacy and that joy that's had in marriage is going to be shared mm-hmm. uh, between God and his people. Mm-hmm. So lovely is Jerusalem. There's a lot there when he says you're as lovely as Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. 
So he goes on, he says, awesome as an army with banners. And so an army with banners, just visualize this, uh, you know, a mighty army with banners is a army that is victorious for one. Uh, it's an army that is, uh, you know, going forth with their banners uh, held high. And the Hebrew word therefore awesome is actually ayom. It's a uh, frightful. It could even be understood as formidable like this. Mm -hmm. It's a powerful army. And so he's saying, wow, you know, you've come through the fire. Th this is the bridegroom's response to the bride after she has praised him even through the valley, mm -hmm. right? You know, she's went through this hard time. She's praising him anyway. You know, you're the, you're the best of 10,000. You know, you're, you're my favorite one, you know, and, and even in this time when she's, you know, you're, you're kind of scratching your head like he left you, you know, why he, he, he kind of, it looks like naturally that in the natural that he's abandoned you, you know, mm -hmm. why are you praising him so much? But that praise that she gives brings this response from the bridegroom. It's like, oh, wow, you love me even when you couldn't sense my tangible presence. Mm -hmm. uh, you love me. You still were committed to me even through that. And so he's just, now he's just responding that he's gushing. Wow, you're like a, you're as awesome as an army with banners. Mm -hmm. You came through that valley and you you got victory. Mm -hmm. You got victory over the circumstance. You got victory over your emotions. Uh, you got victory uh, in this trial. And wow, you're like an army with banners. You're you're coming forth strong, and you're a threat to the enemy. Because mm -hmm. that's the thing when we go through trials. The enemy's purpose is to weaken us, to weaken our faith, to weaken mm -hmm. our trust or our confidence in the love of the bridegroom. When she comes through this, the bridegroom says, wow, you're like an army with banners. You have overcome and you're a threat. You're like a, you're uh -huh. a ayom. You're formidable. <laughs> you're a formidable <laughs> threat to the forces of darkness. Yeah. Uh, you're unoffended. You know, you're unoffended and you're still strong. Mm -hmm. You're still strong. You're still carrying that victory, that banner of love, you know, earlier on, uh, she's rejoicing in that banner of love, right? Mm -hmm. uh, his banner over me is love. And I believe we can, we can see that here. We can visualize that as well. This banner that she's carrying this, you know, she's awesome as an army with banners. This banner is the banner of love. Mm -hmm. She's carried it through the battle. She's uh -huh. carried this banner of love through the battle, love for the bridegroom, love for the bride, love mm -hmm. for the, the people of God. Mm -hmm. She's carried this, this banner through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other thing I think of when I think of a an army with banners, I think of confidence and um, just how much um, her confidence is in, you know, number one, that, that um, her banner is love. You know, her confidence isn't necessarily in herself, but her confidence is in this banner of love. Like, I have made it through. I am secure in love that my bridegroom has for me, and that's a place of confidence. Like, the enemy can't do a lot to that person. You know, the, the enemy can't do a lot to a person who's confident in love. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so that's, what, you know, another thing that, you know, you can see with the, the army of banners. Right. I remember hearing the story of a guy that was trying to get support for a mission he was doing in Germany. And he said it was so difficult to get people to sign up for something to actually support something in Germany because the people there had just been totally burned out under the Nazi regime, how Hitler had, you know, basically destroyed everyone's trust in leadership. Mm -hmm. And so it says very difficult to raise support, to do anything. The German people were just burned out. Like, you know, we're just not we're not ready to sign up for anything, you know, any kind of uh, mission, any kind of organization, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it just makes me think of here, this is the opposite, that the bridegroom 
his bride has has full allegiance. You know, uh-huh. she, even through the hard times, she's still trusting in his leadership, mm-hmm. and uh, she still has his total allegiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, or she's totally she has uh, given herself totally to in his support in his to love him to be devoted to him mm-hmm. and so yeah. I, I think there's a lesson in that for us you know human leaders will fail us at times mm-hmm. but yeshua his leadership will never fail us mm-hmm. and we can we'll come through the trials like a, as an army with banners you know very difficult at this point to get germany to sign up as an army you know to right. carry a banner say you know to carry that banner of hey we're gonna fight you know for our <laughs> for you know whatever whatever cause like they, they, a person that's holding up a banner has a cause yeah you know they have they have a cause that they're going forth with um this bride here that's coming through, she has a cause. She has this, she's carrying this banner of love, mm-hmm. carrying the banner of love through the valley, through the darkness of the world. She's totally in support mm-hmm. of, she's not ashamed of him, really. I think right, that there's, right. a, there's a picture here of not being ashamed. Mm-hmm. She's willing to carry that banner. Yeah, and it's maybe even not, it's not really even her banner. It, like the reason why she's so, you know, is, is because it's his banner. It's his banner of love that she's carrying. Right, right. <laughs> yes. And I believe this, whole idea of the army uh, of carrying this banner, she's conquered the enemies of her own heart, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think what Yeshua says, um, the enemy has nothing in me. You know, mm-hmm. the reason why the enemy was not successful in tempting Yeshua is because there was nothing, there was no darkness in him, right? He had overcome, he was all light. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, something here. She's come through as an army with banners. It's speaking of her victory over the enemies of her own heart, uh, the enemies of pride, the enemies of doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these things, bitterness, she has overcome those things. Mm-hmm. And the, the bridegroom sees that. He's just, wow, this is, this is amazing. Uh, also speaks of uh, an army with banners. Also speaks of an orderly army. You know, she's not just uh, rash. She's not just, you know, uh, a, a, what do you call a loose cannon, right? <laughs> you know, a loose cannon being just, you know, kind of just something that's just unpredictable, crazy, you know. Right. Uh, she uh, She's coming forth through the trial as an, as a, army with banners, it speaks of the orderliness, you know, an army with banners is marching orderly. They're, mm-hmm. they're marching, um, to the beat of the drum of the, of, of, of the, uh, captain, uh-huh. right. And, right. The, and uh, Yeshua is that captain. So there's this, there's this also this picture of her, you know, being in alignment with his will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, she's, she's, she's powerful and she's threatening to the enemy because of that. Uh, I remember reading, uh, this story, G.A. Hinty, you may have heard of it, but uh, there was this story of the Romans. How, one of the reasons why they were so successful is because they were so orderly in their armies. They had, you know, the outside army had their shields and it was protecting the guys inside. Uh, but uh, this one book called Barak the Briton, uh, these Britons were trying to fight the Romans and they were just totally random. Just like, just they would just come pouring out of the mountains, uh, just wildly swinging their swords, no order whatsoever. And, uh, not a lot of success. They weren't very successful. <laughs> no, they would just, they would come storming against the Romans, mm-hmm. but because of the Roman army's orderliness, mm-hmm. they were able to just crush nation after nation after nation. Mm-hmm. So in the uh, natural is true. Also in the spiritual, when we are uh, strong together, when we walk in orderliness together, mm-hmm. uh, that's real threatening mm-hmm. to the enemy. Um, we're not quite as effective if we're like those, you know, just those crazy guys, you know, no order, just kind of just streaming out of the mountains, you know, crazy swinging our swords. Um, those things in the long haul, you know, you may, you know, feel a lot of fervor and a lot of zeal in the moment, you know, I'm sure they were like, wow, how are you going to crush through them? But, uh, but in the long haul, it's not effective. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, may God grant us to, as the scripture says, let everything be done decently and in order, uh, you know, full of love, 
full of just, you know, you know, I'm not talking about uh, what's a sterile or just like, you know, crusty, uh-huh. but we're talking about yeah, living. It's a living love, but it's, it's in order. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, it's just passionate love on fire, mm-hmm. but in order. Mm-hmm. You know, it's getting those two together yeah. can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the hope. Yep. Okay. So, uh, going along here, we're at, uh, verse five. This is one of the most powerful verses. Uh, maybe we said that a few times. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is one of the best verses in the song, but this has got to be at least in the top five. I think so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the bridegroom he's overcome. Like, as I mentioned before, uh, he's, he's just gushing over her that she's come through mm-hmm. this trial and he's, turn your eyes away from me for they have overcome me. And he's just overcome. He's like, Oh, you are overcoming my heart. I don't know what to do. I, turn your <laughs> eyes away from me. It's too much. Your devotion to me. Oh, you're just really, <laughs> it's unsettling. Oh my, I'm just, staggered by your love you know, it's, just, it's amazing to think about a, a god with that kind of emotion right right you know but with the, that kind of response yeah, yeah that kind of response i mean think about we're made in the image of god we're emotional creatures god is an emotional being right, right. he has joy he has passion he has deep love i mean love beyond what we can even imagine mm-hmm. and this this is what the song of solomon opens our eyes to Mm-hmm. is this level of passion. Oh, wow, my people are still committed to me. I think of the persecuted church in China and other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, they're still worshiping me. They're still committed to me, even through the torture, even mm-hmm. through the imprisonment. Oh, turn your eyes away from me. They've overcome me. I'm overcome by this devotion. And uh, so, so powerful. Our love, what it speaks is that our love impacts the heart of God. Yep. Uh, he is really moved by his people's love. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think of the uh, verse here in Ex- Exodus 32, uh, where God is speaking with Moses. Uh, God tells Moses, he says, now therefore let me alone that my wrath, this is the people of Israel are rebelling. Let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them that I may consume them and I will make of you a great nation. <laughs> and then Moses pleaded with the Lord, his God. It, it makes you wonder in the heart of God, you know, did he really mean that? You know, like, like here, we, we don't really take him, Literally here, he says, he doesn't really want her to turn her eyes away from him, you know, to turn away, mm-hmm. right? And I don't, I don't know really that God, when he tells Moses this, you know, let me alone. You know, I just want to, I think almost in God's heart, he's wanting to see what Moses' response will be. Right. Will he continue to intercede? Or to even show, like, this is the kind of emotion that I have, you know? Right. Like, to really put a exclamation point on it, you know, just right. how emotional he is, you know? Right. I don't know. Speaking in our terms. Yeah. And I think of Jacob too, when he's wrestling with the angel, he says, let me go for the day breaks. You know, it's like God enjoys that when we wrestle. Sometimes as a father, you sometimes let your, like we were arm wrestling the other night just with the children, just (laughs) for fun. And I was letting my little boy, Eddie beat me in arm wrestling. You know, I was like giving everything I had and I let him beat me. You know, it's kind of like Jacob wrestling with the angel, wrestling with God. Mm -hmm. It's like God somehow enjoys that of that, that get that level of engagement. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, that we're you know, wrestling through it. And he's, he's like, let me go. I mean, he, God could have pulled away from Jacob. He, you know, he's, he didn't have to say, let me go, you know, <laughs> but he, but he said, he almost like he gives Jacob the impression that 
wow, you're actually have this much influence over me. Mm-hmm. Let me go. I can't hardly get away from you. Let me go for the day breaks. <laughs> and I just see in that kind of like uh, in a lot in, in the same vein as uh-huh. this statement, turn your eyes away from me. You have a lot of power over me. You know, you have the power to move my heart. Turn your eyes away from me. They have overcome me. Uh-huh. Wow. I mean, can we wrap our minds around that kind of passion right. from the heart of Yeshua? Mm-hmm. But, but it's true. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. So he goes on, he says, uh, your hair is like a flock of goats going down from Mount Gilead. And so this is the passage, as we mentioned before, is... This is your test. What? Yeah. We, what, t- what, <laughs> what does the flock of goats mean? No. It's fa- it is fascinating that it's repeated. Yeah, You know, anything, is. anytime something is repeated in the Bible, it makes you wonder, okay, well, why is it repeated? It, it must be extra significant. Mm-hmm. But here again, he's, he's repeating this praise to the bride. Your hair is like a flock of goats going down from Mount Gilead. So hair, as we mentioned before, is a symbol of dedication. Uh, he's speaking of her dedication. She, and, and especially now, you know, she come through this fire. She was dedicated. She didn't give up. Wow, your hair is like a flock of goats. Uh, and hair also in the scriptures we see in Corinthians, it's a symbol of glory. Uh, your hair is glorious. You know, your dedication is glorious. And then the mountains of Gilead were very rich. They had great pastures. And so these goats were well-fed. They were well-fed, a well-fed flock. So your hair is like a flock of goats going down from Mount Gilead. Uh, your dedication is, is abundant, you could say. You know, your, your dedication is flourishing. Mm-hmm. Just like this flock of goats that would feed on the pastures of well Gilead. Well-tended to me. Yeah, your devotion, your dedication is well-tended. You've, mm-hmm. You know, I think of the scripture that says, uh, keeping the fire burning. Don't let mm-hmm. the fire go out on the altar. Mm-hmm. Your dedication to keep that fire burning in your heart is is real. It's mm-hmm. it's well tended. Mm-hmm. Just like this flock of goats is being well tended. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that. Uh, second verse here. Your teeth, uh, your teeth are like a flock of sheep. Actually, not not the. Uh, this is the second verse that is uh, repeated. Uh, your teeth are like a flock of sheep which have come up from the washing. Every one of which bears twins and none is barren among them. Uh, Interesting thing to point out in this verse, it's repeated from a previous chapter. The only thing that's different here is that this time it doesn't say shorn sheep. The previous verse said your teeth are like a flock of shorn sheep. Mm -hmm. This time it says your teeth are like a flock of sheep. Mm -hmm. The significance that I'm not sure, but it's just interesting to point out. You know, we see everything else is exactly the same, but now for some reason her teeth are like a flock of sheep not like a flock of shorn sheep. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, you can take that and uh, ponder on it. <laughs> right. But uh, somehow now, maybe it's speaking that uh, she has, I don't know, She's she has more to offer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's come through this trial. Now she has, now there's wool. There's more <laughs> there's more mature mm-hmm. something. Who knows? Uh, yeah. But just something just to point out. Uh, but teeth, as we mentioned before, are needed to process food. And so uh, your teeth, he's, he's speaking to the bride, your teeth are like a flock of shorn sheep. Uh, or here, like a flock of sheep, speaking of her ability to process the the word, uh, his word to her. He, he she's able. Her teeth are strong. She's mm-hmm. able to to uh, process his word. First Corinthians three one. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes and Messiah. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. So, a baby can drink milk without teeth. Mm-hmm. When you have teeth, you're able to to process the solid food. And this is what Paul's referring to here. Um, the teeth that these, these people uh, need to grow teeth in order to process the more solid. Mature. Yeah. More, more mature, mature. Mm-hmm. to process the solid food. Okay. Then uh, 
Genesis 49, 12, uh, just a verse here uh, from, this is speaking of Joseph. Uh, we just, the Torah portion was just a few weeks ago on this topic. Uh, this is Jacob's blessing to Joseph. It says his teeth were whiter than milk. You know, just like <laughs> he pointed out the whiteness of his teeth. Uh, your teeth are like a flock of shorn sheep. You have white teeth, basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> or your teeth are like a flock of sheep, as it is here. <laughs> okay. Uh, the teeth are clean, healthy. Um, okay. And it says she comes up from the washing. Uh, the, these sheep have come up from the washing. And I, I just want to point out it's coming up from the washing. And, and just that whole picture of when we read the word, there's a washing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the word of God has a cleansing effect over us. And we come up from every time we go to read the word, every time we go to meditate, sing on the word, we come up from that. There's a sense of, of rising up. Uh, we're, we're strengthened to resist the enemy. Mm-hmm. We're able to overcome. And so this, this word up is, is significant. Um, like a flock of sheep, which have come up from the washing. And so he's speaking to the bride. You're, you're coming up. You're, you're meditating on the word. You're chewing the word, digesting the word, mm-hmm. and you're coming up. Mm-hmm. You're coming up in strength. You're coming up in power uh, through that. The word is lifting her up. Mm-hmm. And then every one of which bears twins and none is barren among them. So uh, fruitfulness, you know, there's not a barren, there's not a barren sheep. Uh-huh. There's not a barren, <laughs> you won't be barren basically if you spend time meditating on the word mm-hmm. and uh, she's multiplying. They're all bearing twins. Okay. I think, uh, I think we'll call it good there, but uh, be encouraged, be encouraged to be faithful even through the valley, you know, to be faithful, to praise, to worship this. It's a really important time to stay faithful in reading the word and in devotion to the king. Uh, let's, be, let's be a people that are devoted and strong and able to stand when the storms are come. Storms are coming. Yep. <laughs> yep. So be blessed. This is Brayden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He's coming quickly.